The following is a production of the Phoenix Studios Podcast Network here at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. For more podcasts, be sure to visit uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts. This is Serious Serious Fun. All right, everybody, welcome to Serious Fun here at the UWGB Common Grounds Coffee House. If you want to applaud, go ahead. We can hear you. Some of you guys have no idea what's going on right now, and I apologize in advance for that. Uh, this is a podcast done by uh, me, Dr. Brian Carr, for the University of Wisconsin Green Bay. Uh, we are live thanks to the fact that we are on the Phoenix Network. Uh, so go check out all the podcasts at uwgb.edu forward slash podcast. And, of course, thanks to Stitcher uh, for getting us on that platform as well. If you don't know what Stitcher is, don't worry about it, but thank them anyway. Can I get a big thanks to Stitcher, everybody? Thank you. Okay, great. All right, so uh, tonight we're going to have something very special here. Um, it's, of course, Women's History Month. Yay for Women's History Month. Yay! This is a very thing, uh, interesting thing we're doing. So we're going to be doing three of these shows um, once each week. So feel free to come back, tell your friends, tell your family, bring your kids, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the idea is that whenever we talk about uh, issues facing women in popular culture um, or anything or academia or anything like that, it's always people on these panels who look like me. These guys with these beards and they've got the, the glasses. And it's, it's, just, it's like a uniform. It's a, it's, a, it's a panel uniform. So I thought what I would do that's a little bit different this time is I would uh, do a series of shows wherein uh, we have an all-female panel uh, talking about issues pertaining to women in popular culture, and I uh, just shut up. Um, I think this is kind of the, <laughs> the, the thing we should be working towards here. Uh, so we have a very cool panel tonight. We're going to be talking about the female action hero. We're talking about female action heroes in uh, cinema, in, uh, in uh, television, in comics, in video games, whatever they want to talk about. They've got a rough idea of some things to talk about, but beyond that, it's really their call. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and turn it over. I want to introduce tonight's panel. Uh, immediately to my right, Dr. Ioana Komen. Hello. Uh, immediately to her right, Anna Katner. Hello. And uh, at the far end of the table, last but not least, Selena Deer. Shout out to my Women of Color members that Woo! attended. Woo! Yeah, there she is. All right. Okay, so uh, <laughs> this is the last you're going to hear from me tonight. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to the ladies now, and uh, let's give them a round of applause. Um, but uh, at about like 10 minutes to 7, if you guys have some questions or things you want to share or anything you want to talk about, uh, you can feel free to share it with the panel and uh, open up the floor for some Q&A, okay? So that's all you're going to hear out of me for a while. I'm going to cut my mic right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, the women on the panel about the female action hero. Hello, happy Women's History Month. Again, my name is Anna. I will be helping to um, run this conversation. Let's go ahead and get started by talking about the recent spat of female action heroes. Um, Selena and Joanna, what, what are your takes on that recent spat? And, and what are some um, people specifically that come straight to your mind? Um, so... I'm super hyped, still hyped about uh, Black Panther that came out. Yes. Uh, getting to see uh, some women of color in action is always great. Uh, um, you know, Tanagarua, you have, uh, 
uh, Lupita Nyong'o, um, but just like this amazing cast, um, and I, I was really glad to see it in theaters. Yeah, I, I actually second what Selena said, and I'll get to that probably later when we talk about the idea of what's empowering versus not. Um, so from the recent movies, I love Black Panther. I think they achieve what other action movies and series didn't. Um, but I also loved Katniss. I also loved Jessica yes. Jones, which is a very different type of superhero. Um, and then I actually grew up playing Lara Croft. So I actually <laughs> grew up playing the Tomb Raider. Yeah, I think it's really interesting just to, to name a few of these characters. We have Wonder Woman, we have Rey in Star, the new Star Wars, Katniss Everdeen. Um, that's someone that we don't think of initially when you start to think about a female heroine. Um, it's definitely some, some new scenes in the, in the film industry as far as women go. Um, maybe we should start by talking about Wonder Woman and the evolution of Wonder Woman. We actually have one of these awesome action figures here, uh, <laughs> straight from Brian Carr's office. Of course, there's many more, but these are a few of our favorite. Um, I've really loved to see the, the evolution of the Wonder Woman character. Um, I guess there are still some negative connotations that we may want to approach as far as who she is, what she looks like. Maybe, Ioana, do you have some takes on that? Yeah, I'm actually curious what you guys think because I actually grew up in Romania, right? So I wasn't exposed as much to the previous types of Wonder Woman from the comic books or ser TV series that you guys have. As far as the new movie... I absolutely loved it, and I don't know if it, and I guess we can get into that, if it is because it's produced and written more by women than by men. Yes. I felt like they kept the cute and sexy things about her, if you want, but it became more about her character. It became about her figuring out this whole new world where she ended up, right, having to defend. It was more about her figuring out her friends and foes. It was about her not necessarily going into aggressiveness when they, she could solve the problems differently. So I really liked the Wonder Woman movie versus the, what was the other one that came after, Justice League? Yes, mm -hmm. Marvels. Yep. Or which one? DC, that's DC. Yes. Yep. Where I felt, although you had the same actress, I just felt it was a very different type of Wonder Woman at points. It was a little bit. I think that might go back to who's producing, who's screenwriting. And as you said, there are a little more females involved <laughs> in the screenwriting and the, the behind-the-scenes aspect of Wonder Woman. Um, I, I think that even goes back to who's dressing her, who's getting <laughs> her you know, ready for that, that role. Uh, Selena, did you want to pitch in on Wonder Woman at all? Um, yeah, so Wonder Woman, I think had some really amazing things where you have these really strong Amazons. Yes. Um, and this concept of women being able to, in this fantasy world where they're able to grow up only among women and actually be able to almost reach their full potential as women and not have that pressure on society from society to uh, behave a certain way to, you know, for instance, be, you know, sexy or be this or be that and just kind of be who they are in that environment, I think is really empowering and um, creative in, in those minds. Uh, and then, yeah, I wanted to draw a little bit uh, back uh, to Black Panther because I know we're talking about <laughs> oh, both, yep. but uh, compare it to that. And uh, with Black Panther, you have Wakanda where um, I remember Ch Chadwick Boseman in one of his interviews, he was talking about how Wakanda was separate from the rest of the world. And so um, Lupita Nyong'o in this, in this interview uh, on The View, she talked about how um, because of this, women were able, able to be on the same playing field as men and the men weren't 
um, afraid of it, and they weren't, um, you know, they they didn't shy away from seeing a woman in power, and so they're kind of advanced in that way as well. And we're not quite there yet in our society, <laughs> but I, I draw on those two concepts, and I know one's Marvel, one's DC, but um, that concept of the outside, uh, a world that's secluded, right? That can, where unfortunately it has to be that seclusion in order for um, women to feel that empowerment, which is crazy because in our world generally that's not the case. So, yeah, that's really interesting, right? So, you have essentially it was unpolluted by the standards and the rules right, of, and right. norms of society as we know them today. At the same time, it's a super high-functioning society, clearly, so it's yes. possible, right? And so I'm glad you touched on that because in my mind, the thing that I loved most about Black Panther and I haven't seen it in anything else that I've watched or read was this idea of, like you said, women being super independent and strong and empowered by themselves. Right but also a seamless, not weird in any shape or form relationship with the men in their lives where they were equally empowering each other. Correct. So, and I haven't seen that. So like even in Wonder Woman, there are some jokes when you know she interacts with the men in her life mm -hmm. in both movies, right? And so I didn't see that type of thing in Black Panther and I think that's pretty amazing right. because I feel like as a I don't know how to call it, ideal world situation right. kind of thing. I feel like that's where we should kind of head towards. Mm. And I think drawing back to the feminism and you know, how it's interpreted, I think part of the misconception is, oh, if you're a feminist, you're against all men. Right. Which is not really the case. The whole point is, I just want a woman to be able to be empowered and awesome by herself, not just a, and as an accessory to a man, but I also want a world in which she can be having equal partnerships, if you want, with right. the men in her life, right? right? Where they don't feel as less because they have this, you know, super empowered woman by their side. Mm -hmm. And so I love Black Panther from that point of view. And you have, you know, the Black Panther goes to the woman in his life and he asks for advice without being weird or like, oh my God, I'm gonna go now ask my mom or I'm gonna go <laughs> ask my girlfriend for advice, like, oh, what am I doing? That I, I haven't seen that in other movies. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's important to to look at how these males and females are taking powerful roles and coexisting in that way. And, and you know, it's just a man and a woman both in power. And, and that's really kind of empowering and moving our society into different directions. Um, do you guys have any specific female action heroes that are your favorite? I mean, moving past Wonder Woman and, and Black Panther, we'll probably come back to them because those are some big roles. But who's your favorite? I don't know. It's hard. Mm. Like, I have favorites for different reasons. Right. Exactly. Okay, right. you want to go first? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm kind of like you, right? So, like, I love Jessica Jones because she's almost the anti superhero what you think stereotypically about the superhero right she is super strong but at the same time she's not perfect right she's dealing with all these different issues she doesn't necessarily know how to ask for help she's totally not your stereotypical superhero dressed in you know the tight costume and everything and she's completely opposite to that she has a very dark side to her right. so i love her i loved growing up playing lara Croft in a world where a lot of video games were just about guys and like my cousin and my brother were playing playing heavily Duke Nukem which I don't know how many of you even know what it is but it's this like super stereotypical 90s guy game where he just goes and shoots up whatever and it was totally not PG-14 it was almost like Playboy style 
and it it just weird. But then on the other side, you had Lara Croft, where you had this woman, try one being you know going through adventures and figuring out who she is while discovering all these bits and pieces left by her dad. And so that was super awesome for me on one hand. On the other hand, I the whole stereotypical, I guess, design of her was weird. Um, and then I, I just keep circling back to Black Panther right now. I'm just right. so I, I, I'm just so happy they are doing so well, and I hope that that becomes the norm. Right. Because I feel like those um, characters embody everything that's perfect in the world when it comes to superheroes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Selena? Um, so I have a couple. Um, the first one, I think, if I think about like the first TV show or film that I had that I had seen that inspired me or was like, oh, now I like this action genre. Because I wasn't always into the action genre, but I I would say probably with the past like three or four years, I've really been getting into it, um, would probably have to be uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'd go back to Buffy. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, and I know Sarah Michelle Gellar, she, towards the end, she really didn't want to do the show. But um, I, I don't know if she realizes the impact that seeing this uh, strong young woman in this position of empowerment. And I, I think it, it was really impactful to me when I saw that. And of course she you know, is kicking butt and <laughs> doing all these amazing things, but she yes. also had things that she was dealing with too that were going on in her life, um, you know, be it relationships. How does mm -hmm. she handle her relationships with the things that everything else that are going on, what, what does she want to do for her career, or th those kinds of things, and she was kind of limited by the situations that she was continuously having to find herself in, and so that was really impactful, and I could relate to that as I, you know, as a, a college student and going, well, wh where is my career going, wh what am I doing right now that's going to help me get there, and I think a lot of uh, young women in college have that sense of anxiety, too. Um, I would also say that... Uh, TV show wise, um, I'm really into a TV show. It's not the best writing, but uh, <laughs> I, I still love it. Uh, but it's called Killjoys. This is on Sci Fi. Yes, and, I've uh, seen Han it. Uh, Hannah John Kamen is the main character. And she also had a small role in Game of Thrones, and she's going to be in Ready Player One. So I really like that show, and I think it's confirmed for at least five seasons. So I'm excited for that. Um, Star Trek, of course. <laughs> yes. Gotta go back to Star Trek. Um, Sci-fi's been a really great place for women of color. But, um, uh, you know, uh, we have uh, Shaniqua Martin-Green, who's currently on that show. And the amount of women of color that are on that are really inspiring. So... I would say those are a handful. I could, I have a list, but I'll, I'll cut it off. They're long lists, absolutely. Yeah. Which is a good thing. I think it's nice to see that list expanding. Um, right now, in front of us, we have a few different uh, action figures. The one in the center is Rey from Star Wars. I think what's really interesting about Rey, and one thing I love about her, is what she's wearing. Um, a, a little different from your typical female action hero, uh, especially when you're looking at her as opposed to Wonder Woman. So that, that kind of stemmed even back to the Leia days and mm -hmm. her becoming a commander. And, and what she wears isn't really an objectified female. It's, she's a, a female with a powerful role, and her body isn't what you're looking at. You know, you don't see her bust. You don't see... Um, 
unhumanly figures um, in, from from head to toe. She's she's nearly covered, and she's not wearing a whole bunch of makeup. It's it's really a breath of fresh air to see action heroes um, that are females that we aren't looking at them for their body. Um, as you were saying before, it's kind of interesting to look at how how men are involved in this situation, and you know, feminists have that negative connotation that it's only about females, but you know, men men are affected by the patriarchy just as much as women are, and and it's it's nice to see this introduction of uh, a female hero to to the men in in our society and showing them that they can kind of look up to a female action hero not because of what she looks like. Um, did you guys want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. So, and, and that was a big part of me growing up, right? And and there are studies over studies that actually show the representation matters in everything from video games to movies to TV series to comics, and also that your view as you're growing up and I guess your ideal types of everything are formed by this very media products, right? Yes. And so part is, as I was growing up, I was a super tomboy. So I loved everything from playing soccer to jumping on trees, fighting with boys, all that stuff. So Tomb Raider for me, in a sense, was very awesome into where you had this female character that was going through adventures, she was finding her way, she was failing sometimes, you know, you'd get killed and try again and try again. However, she looked like a stereotypical version of how she should look for guys, right? So she had these super weird dimensions of, we call it in Romania 90, 60, 90, so like 90 over chest, 60 over waist, yes. and 90 like centimeters. Like a Barbie. Right, like a Barbie. Yes. And I also grew up in the 90s, so in every other media stuff, your ideal woman was you know, like big chest and super tiny otherwise, or skinny or whatever. And so I remember having I don't know if issues, but having questions of w then what, where does that leave me? Because I was super right. tomboy and I wasn't overweight at that time at least, but I was also very curvy. And I had no role model that looked like me at that, sa at that point, right? Mm. Yeah. And so it was very weird uh, in that perspective. And again, I, I keep going back to the superheroes today is where like you're saying, it's not about, oh, you have to be super sexy and dress this way to achieve what, you're, you, know, what you wanna achieve you just have to be smart and know whatever you're doing and like figure out your way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe moving forward, did we want to talk any more about uh, some other action heroes, female action heroes and what they're wearing and you know how we feel about that? Once? Yeah, um, I know this would be a little off, but uh, in Viola Davis's uh, speech that she gave at the SAG Awards in 2015, she, uh, what, I just want to, quote a little bit of her but she said um, she thanks she thanked the writers for uh, how mm -hmm. to get away with murder yes. she mm -hmm. talks about um, you know thank you Peter yeah. Noah for thinking that a, a sexualized messy mysterious woman could be a 49 <laughs> year old dark-skinned African-American woman who looks like me right That's great and yes. so and that, that can translate as well to Trashy P. Henson who is uh, you know she's not <laughs> the young 25 year old that you you would picture but she still <laughs> looks stellar right and so uh, Trash P. Henson like Proud Mary that's mm -hmm, you know that mm -hmm. recently came out and so you have these these women that are not typically thought of to be in those roles right which is the pristine which is the pretty uh, which is the well-proportioned uh, <laughs> images that we have and that we see um, and so I like how 
you can see different uh, shapes and sizes, that, that would be more ideal. I think right. we've made some progress. I think there needs to be more, right? Absolutely. Um, and having those, those images uh, that reflect um, on society, um, on what society really looks like. You know, uh, Hollywood does its own thing, and we, we know that mm -hmm. that's what Hollywood is, but um, what that, that concept of beauty, and uh, Chadwick Boseman talked about it in an interview, and he said, you know, specifically with Black Panther, you know, Wonder Woman was uh, an amazing conversation starter, um, but this movie furthers on that because you don't have just one image of beauty. You have these women that are, you know, in these roles. You have uh, all different kinds of Letitia Wright. You've got uh, Angela Bass. You've got, you got everybody. You've got a little bit of something uh, that you can reflect within yourself, right? And I think it's important that we don't want to portray a specific standard of beauty, yes. right? But we want to make sure that women are able to feel beautiful, right? And so we find that balance. That's that's the key, is finding that balance between beauty and making sure that we're not specifically defining that beauty, and right. uh, that beauty standard. And when we see, for, for me at least, I would say I see women in action all the time in life. I don't see it reflected when I turn on a TV because mm -hmm. I know we are, you know, taking names and doing mm -hmm. everything else. And I see these strong women going out and representing their communities, standing up for what's right. Like we can go, we can talk about the Me Too movement yes. to, uh, you know, to Black Lives Matter, to what's happening now with the, uh, youth mm -hmm. um, uh, in uh Parkland, what happened after the shooting. So you can draw all of that back to who are our role models? Who who are we trying to stand up for? And how, how do we how can we inspire uh, the next generation of those who want to do action? And it's not just, you know, physical mm -hmm. violence action, but action speaking up, right? And saying something and making those changes. Right. And you know, I think it's important to start to talk about how those those changes can be made and and I really liked what you said Selena about how we've we've come a long way. We have and there's still a long way to go. And I think that, you know, translates to a lot of things revolving around female action heroes and and the feminist perspective. Along with that, what do you guys think that we gain from a feminist perspective by creating films, video games, television shows and and media where women act in a traditional male action hero uh, role. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll go back to what Selena just said, and right. I think that's the key. The key is to have all these different types of diversity, like you said, in regards to everything, right? Race, gender, right. Uh, age, sexuality, like you said, sexuality, sexual fashion. It should be their choice within their different whatever goes on in the you know action or movie. Whether they want to have this super amazing night dress that you know they're going to a party, whatever like you see that in um, all the shows, or she's going to fight and so she's gonna have whatever fight ready wardrobe type thing, right? right? Um, that and seeing more diversity within who they are or what they do in their life. So I was recently introduced to this whole um, Squirrel Girl superhero <laughs> that I am so upset. It's, it's Professor Carr's, it's Brian's thing. Uh, I am so sad and jealous that I didn't have that growing up, that I didn't discover it because it's this college girl essentially that her superpower is talking people out of things or into things. Like it's not just the force, brute force, it's not just that she can smash things or whatever like Jessica Jones style, it's the power of 
communication, which is pretty, you know, it's essentially yes, what I do too. right on. <laughs> and so I feel, by the way, what we still need to do, I feel like it's 2017, 2018, even probably before, because you still had the Harry Potter, Hermione thing. Yes. Um, so I feel like it's been building up with obviously, again, the cherry on the top being Black Panther just now. But I kind of idealize this world where this is going to be the norm rather than oh, one movie per year just came up and broke the records. Like, I want to see this as the norm yeah. to where these different females in these different, uh, you know, environments in this different type of action, whatever you want, become the norm. And again, that idea of like equality between them and the males in their lives. Um, I would say to answer or to, you know, kind of reflect on that question, which is, um, you know, d the specific, um, what, what does the feminist perspective uh, gain from having these females in these lead roles? And I would say this, um, you gain the concept of seeing men and women on the same playing field or seeing women um, portrayed in such a way that it is that is not um, specifically critical to appearance mm -hmm. or um, they're they're wanting to know and wanting them to use their skills that they have where, where um, be it uh, uh, T'Challa's youngest sister uh, the, the character <laughs> is played by Letitia Wright um, and her intelligence and how she uses science to you know and to create this innovation within her community within her you know country and so being asking women to be more than their appearance i think is what i'm getting at mm -hmm. asking women that you can be the lawyer you can be mm -hmm. the what the the main character who has um more depth than just um, I can be sexy and strong, but I can be sexy, strong, and smart, and intelligent, and all those other things that men have been portrayed as and continuously are portrayed <laughs> as, right? And so sometimes the woman is sacrificed in a TV show or in a film as having to be this weaker character. And so when you have a feminist perspective and you put that uh, female in that lead role, that woman has to be strong right yes. because she is the driving force of that story and storytelling is so extremely powerful and when women tell stories uh, let me just draw back <laughs> back to a point I, I'm all over but uh, Viola Davis she had said this great thing in uh, SAG Awards that she won and she talks about when she's telling her daughter um, a story at night she starts with uh, life and then she builds from there mm -hmm. and then her daughter always says mommy put me in the story and how powerful that is for that that young women want to see themselves in the story and a lot of times that's not the case right. and so we need to start trying to put these women in stories as the main characters right as the main characters in mm -hmm. the stories and portraying them as such portraying them with just as much depth just as much complexity as the male mm -hmm. characters that they are that their male character counterparts because we know historically that has not been the case. So how do we continue with the driving force? As you talk about Black Panther, and I loved your point on how we haven't seen that. We haven't seen mm -hmm. women on the same playing field and men not being afraid of women being on that same playing field and being all that they can be. And so we need to make sure we continue that, right? Absolutely. And that women don't have to go the extra mile to get the same pay. Correct. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> 
shameless plug. <laughs> right. I know. I, I think there's a there's a lot of different um, things that we can gain from adding the feminist perspective to to these different roles and and like you said it's really important to make this the norm and and make it the norm even bringing that further to making it the norm to having females put into these roles. Um, do you guys feel that some of these characters are empowering? How are they empowering to you specifically? Yeah, I mean, actually, Selena mentioned that, like Nakia, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing her name, probably. But she, the what I loved about the character is that it has depth and different sides of her, right? So on one hand, she just made science and being a geek super awesome, right? That's her main superpower. But then she also fights right. in the movie, right? And so she also kind of kicks her brother <laughs> at many things. I love that. And so in, in my view, empowering means having a role model of a woman that has these different sides to where you don't feel just that, oh, I'm going to be an awesome woman just if I know how to use force, right? Or I'm going to be an awesome woman just if I go into science. Like I want to see all those different sides to that character. And the other thing I want to see empowering is what I mentioned before, to where you have this woman who can stand on their own independently and be pretty amazing that way, but who are also not less if they do have partnerships <coughs> with the men in their life. Right. And so I feel, for me at least, that comes a lot. And again, it, it may also be the fact that I grew up with a brother and I, I have this new, I don't know if it's a passion or, or point of interest where the whole idea of male toxi toxicity, or however it's called in English, <laughs> where you know you you kind of raise these these boys with the idea that they can cry, they can talk about their emotions. You know, man up, be a man. You're less if you know you're fragile you're, masculinity, right, right? Right. You're less if you let the girlfriend do this and you let's say stay home and take care of the baby, right? And so, personal story-wise, my brother actually recently said something that really made me rethink my whole childhood and this whole idea of like how do we grow our boys into men right. when he was exploring like all the bad things in his past and childhood and my parents were amazing like we had a really good childhood but she, he got stuck on this memory that he had from when one time he came home and I don't know he was in a fight or something with an older kid and my mom at the time told him you know stop crying just man up uh, you know figure out a way to be stronger You're, you have to be a man and hearing him retell that story, he said that from that moment on, he stopped talking to my mom about anything that had to do with what he perceived as, oh, she's going to see me as weak. But at the same time, that was awful because he would just bury his emotions and feelings. And he's also not the type of guy who just goes in fights either. He's like this super sensitive, super cute, tall, tall and big otherwise, but like a teddy bear at heart. And so that made me really think of how do you educate these boys into not having that issue. I think that's a great point. Um, and it just sparked this idea um, in me. And this is one of the same interviews uh, from The View, the Whoopi Goldberg, one of the final statements that she made after this interview with Chad McBozeman. And she said, the importance of this film, speaking on Black Panther, the importance of this film is not just for little brown boys and girls, <laughs> uh, but for all boys and girls to know that superheroes come in all colors. Yes. Yes. Right. And so, and, and they haven't, and she said, she goes on further and says, well, they, ha they haven't really known that. And so as you talk about the damage that can be done, when we talk about empowering women, we also have to look at what is happening to men as well that is 
making them have this hypermasculinity that they feel that they are trapped in as well because we can't rise up with all bringing right. everybody to that same playing field. And if they feel that they're under attack, they're gonna go on the defense rather than uh, you know, be supportive. Um, and so uh, I think that can definitely apply to seeing, I don't, I don't think seeing women in these roles is just for women. It's important for boys to see this as well because so they know that this is how they should be treating right. women and how women should be treated and what a woman can do, right? And it's the, opening up to these possibilities and making sure that we have complex male characters as mm -hmm. well that are not specifically having to be, um, you know, the James Bond that is <laughs> doing this, this, and this. And, you know, in real life, that person would be very damaged, right? right. And they would probably have some mental health going on <laughs> if they, you know, just had to be this strong character continuously, never showing any feeling or emotion or, and even affection-wise, because that mm -hmm. specific character with James Bond, you know, not sticking with one woman, feeling like you, right. need, you need to branch out, and that also creates the issue of how are we portraying women, right, in those uh, action films which were featuring men, men right? Um, are they the seductress? Are they right. um, the villain specifically who is more, <laughs> and, and villain has to be sexy. Like, it doesn't matter what character we were playing, exactly. but it had to be sexy. Exactly. So if we were the villain, we were, sec we were a sexy villain, right? Uh, we were the temptress. Or if we were the best friend, we were, you know, the best friend that fell in love with the main character, but the main character didn't love them back. Because she wasn't. Because she wasn't attractive <laughs> enough. So he goes for the more attractive character, right? And he, that miss, that is lacking depth, that is lacking anything and doesn't really care about that character. And so we see, what kind of message is that sending to women? Mm -hmm. Which is, if you lack depth, if you look beautiful, you can get a man who is gonna treat you <laughs> treat you kind of well, I guess. <laughs> like that's I guess the highest standard. But you know, have. even if he cheats on you, that's just what men do, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just what men do, exactly. And so um, that creates its own conflict and its own societal issues. Um, so right, so what especially in this age of the internet, I know we keep saying the age like the age of the internet, what <laughs> what even is that? I would say I would almost want to call it the age of cell phones that, <laughs> smartphones specifically, that you can access anything. And the younger and younger you are, the more you have access to these devices. And what people are seeing, um, what young individuals are seeing, um, is really impactful. Yes, I really do think it's impactful. And, and going back to, along with something being impactful and what empowering means to us, you know, I think. To me, anything empowering is when a woman defies the odds of, mm -hmm. of the, you know, the patriarchal society <laughs> that we live in. Um, I, I joke about the patriarchy all too often, but in reality, it is kind of a dark situation. Um, and opening up these opportunities to empower women of all shapes, sizes, and colors is, is really uh, extremely important in moving our society and in, into a more positive direction. Let's let's move forward into what what exactly makes a female action hero empowering specifically. Like what do you think is a strong female character? I guess one thing I I can think of in order to celebrate International Women's Day, um, I I watched Harry Potter and I know that's I know that sounds a little uh, corny, but I watched it because. Hermione really is 
a, a really strong female hero. She, she Harry w- Potter would have been dead by the time <laughs> exactly. he got to Hogwarts the second year if it weren't for Hermione. So it, that was one one figure that I grew up on. I I admired everything about her, her intelligence, her her boldness. Uh, I think it's really important for for people to be seeing this as they're growing up. And, and yes. I think being able to grow up in having people to look up to like that is really important. Um, can you think of anything that, that specifically sparks your interest in what's empowering? Hermione was such an innovation for that yes. time. I mean, obviously in the novels, and I read the novels before I actually saw the movie. But, I mean, the other thing that I really appreciate about... Um, you know, superheroes that are empowering is seeing them not only represent all this diversity and not, you know, breaking stereotypes, fighting the patriarchy, but also seeing them as almost as humans, right? As, as people who are redefining norms, but also discovering who they are, failing through things, yes. and kind of that anti-stereotypical perfection, right? Whether that's your body measurements or the fact that whatever you do, you turn into gold, right? So like a lot of the superhero women that we like, a lot of them, you actually see them through not the perfection lens, right? You see them try things, They even Hermione is not super successful every single time like she messes right. that up she's there to grow up and learn lessons and learn you know new potions and spells and whatever and you know they mess up a bit and they make it up right, right? i feel like for me that's one of the important things especially in a society with students and i'm seeing that more and more in these different student generations where i feel like they come and they're super sensitive or they somehow got it into their minds that they have to be perfect and so my problem with that as a professor is if you think that way, then you're never going to try anything because you're afraid of the f- perceived possible failure. And so a lot of the things I appreciate in the superheroes is seeing them fail and then get up. Yes. Because realistically speaking, that's life. <laughs> like there's not, it's just, you know, you get knocked down a bunch of times and then you have to get up and eventually you make it work, right? Right. It's, it's really nice to see that realistic side of things. And it, that maybe you can work off of that. I yeah. know. Yeah. So as an actor, um, and <laughs> <laughs> which, right, uh, which is what I am. Um, I would say roles and um, plays, or you know, commercials that you know you go into an audition for, or that you're reading. Um, those are things that you look for. You look for the strong female characters that would have a great monologue that you could use for an audition or that kind of reflect myself in some way or I could relate to the, um, the journey that she goes through or that they go through um, in that particular story. And I think there's a, there's a tweet uh, from Jessica Chesty and I just wanted to share it, but this is specifically um, talking about women in the media, women mm-hmm. in any kind of story that is told um, but she says, uh, when violence against women is used as a plot device to make the characters stronger, then we have a problem. It's not empowering to be beaten and raped, yet so many films make their phoenix moment for women, make this their phoenix moment for women. Hmm. We don't need abuse in order to be powerful. We already are. And so I love Jessica Chastain. <laughs> and she, she does make so many great points and she talks about this and being a woman in Hollywood and the ridiculous hoops that you're constantly having to jump through for auditions or being asked to do, you know, these 
specific things that you know your male counterparts are not going to be asked, right? Can you say this more sexy? Can you be hotter? I know I need it a little bit, right? And so you have you have that those uh, th- that uh, I forget what TV show was on that she did like that that spoof of, but you know it was just so ridiculous and over the over the moon of things that she she had to do in order to whatever get this like one line role in a commercial or something right <laughs> and it was just uh i think I, I don't know how to like show how much more i love what she said but as a writer as well because i am a playwright um those are things that i think about when i'm writing my characters mm. what how can this relate to what i'm going through to what i know other people in my life women in my life are going through and how can it be impactful enough that this story, does does this story need to be told? Does it need to be told now? Mm-hmm. Why hasn't it been told? And so those are the things that I'm thinking about when I'm writing a play or starting to write a TV show. What is needed in this world? What story hasn't been told or needs to be told in a different way or from a different perspective, right? And so I think those, those are a couple of things that I think about. I don't know if I answered the question specifically, <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think that was really great. Um, tweet extra. Uh, I, I I think it's important for us to kind of relate back to what's empowering to us, mm-hmm. and and how we can empower other women and raise other young women um, to to be empowered in our society. Um, maybe going back to Laura Croft a little bit. I think that's a really interesting action figure, um, and I think it's it's important to look at how she's evolved. Um, we had talked about this the other day. Maybe you wanted to touch on it, Ioana. Yeah, so again, the game, I played the game over and over again. It was awesome from the point of view of the cool adventures that she was having and discoveries. And I wanted to be a, you know, adventurous archaeologist after playing that and seeing <laughs> Indiana Jones. That was my thing. I'm going to do that. Um, but also, I actually, I liked a lot the, the first original movies, okay? From the point of view of I really love the game and so whatever movie they made, I just like the idea. Now, the problem I had with the game character and the movie, and I love Angelina Jolie to death, like as an actress, as a human being, she's pretty amazing, right? But the problem I had with the movie is they, again, it was almost geared towards just the men, right? So I don't know how many of you saw it, but like one of the opening scenes, I forgot if it was in the first one, I think it was in the first one, was her taking a long shower. And so it was super sexualized. Everything in that movie seemed almost like photo shooting for Playboy. Right. Right. And then, yes, he still had the adventure and there were things are happening. So I haven't, I don't know how the new Lara Croft is going to be. From what I'm hearing, their Rotten Tomato score is not so strong. And again, I don't think that's a movie. <laughs> right. That's, I don't think that's a movie that they actually put a lot of money in. However, from what I read, they did a better job at presenting her more of the tomboy, tomboy adventurous woman that's figuring things out and slowly kind of figuring out who she is depe- independent of her dad, right? So I'm curious. I'm curious to see the movie and see how is that or if it evolved towards the better way. I like the actress a lot. So I think that they maybe <laughs> learned a lesson. Now, I also love the Ghostbusters. You know, speaking <laughs> yeah. of completely not sexualizing things. Right. Like I and I know a lot of people like got really mad when they remade the Ghostbusters with all female cast. I thought it was amazing. Right? And so you had these women dressed in essentially janitorial suits who were rocking it throughout these different types of fields, you know, like 
fighting ghosts and the science part of it and everything else. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think that's a great point, and I love how you brought up a comedy because um, comedy action films. I mean, <laughs> how many of those are there? <laughs> um, uh, but I would say, you know, with uh, Melissa McCarthy, right? We have that spy yeah. that came out, um, and so we talk about uh, women in roles that are, you know, that can be sexy. It doesn't matter what you look like, right? But you know, all these different images that you can see. Um, but there's still this concept of women aren't funny. <laughs> we can't be funny. We can be sexy, but can we also be funny? And so that I think was also kind of this groundbreaking. Whereas, right, bridesmaids can sell all these tickets, but you know the Hangover is ten times better. And like, why do we have to, com you know, con you know, compare contrast? Like they're different situations <laughs> entirely. And so um, when we look at women and the, way, the ways that they can be portrayed and the, the abilities that they have, which is they can be funny, right? They can um, run a law firm, right? If we're talking about, you know, just television in general, um, they can do all these all these things, um, but they need to be portrayed as doing those things, and it can't just be um, women are all these things, but we're not going to portray them as that. We're going to water it down. We're going to say... They could be those things, but we're going to make them slightly less powerful. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And that shift um, needs to change. <laughs> Absolutely. I, re I really agree. And, I mean, I guess moving further with that, do you guys think that we'll see more female heroes as time goes on? <laughs> I mean, I, I think we're, we're definitely making our way in the right direction. Um, and, you know, I think along with that we should maybe talk about not only just seeing more female heroes, but seeing more diverse female heroes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really Im important in having Black Panther come out and it's really opened that conversation and the opportunity to look at diversity in female action heroes as well as just diverse action heroes in general. Yeah, I mean, I certainly hope so. And if you think in a very realistic, cold way, it kind of goes back to the perceptions on how do you make the most money, right? And so right. like, I think what Black Panther really, really made the point of is this type of superhero movie where diversity is a thing, where you have superhero women, where you have, um, you know, African-American being the main point and the white dude from CIA being the minority, right? And think about it. I think they finally made the point that this sells too. And so I think, you know, there was a misconception or maybe that was at the time true, I don't know, that, you know, we are not going to produce this type of movies because who's going to want to go see them? Or, you know, everyone just wants to to see the old type Lara Croft, right? Or the old type action movie with just James Bond mm -hmm. to Selena's point, right? And so I, I certainly hope that this, the Wonder Woman, the Black Panther kind of open, paved the way towards, hey, this also can make you a lot of money and we can add more diversity into the role models of your you know, younger generations and people who are growing up now. Um, and I go back to um, Squirrel Girl and all these different Marvel superheroes that have just kind of been, um, I guess, uh, um, exposed to recently. I hope we see more and more of that. And so it seems to me that there is a generation that's coming up that's very much in love with this idea of diversity. They want to see that, and I hope that continues because, again, that flows back into, okay, we are going to put money and actually make this happen. Um, and then the other thing that I think is important, too, is, and I think it was proven, is the idea of 
bringing diverse people to produce and write, you know, to your point too as a writer, to actually produce and write these movies because there is a clear difference in how the story is told, how they are portrayed, yeah. how authentic they are. I mean, the Black Panther, if you think about the fashion, the costumes, I mean, it, it went beyond, I don't know, I'm so in love with Black Panther, it went beyond just the diversity in characters and you know, all these different sides of the people. It went into representing everything about these different cultures. And so. Right, it brought all, <laughs> all uh, Africans from all, from all the African diasporas together and we could all appreciate this one, you know, re-envisioning re of this culture, right? And I think that, that was great. But I would say to answer the question, will there be more films and TV shows? Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, we talk about the conflict of money. Um, I would say, I'm just gonna point out some stuff. The market is changing. So as we talk about wanting to increase uh, diversity increasing you know make sure that things are more inclusive um millennials over 50 percent of millennials are people of color so that market is changing so how is if if they don't if these uh corporations and uh multi-billion dollar companies in the media right disney um i think disney's learning and they're trying to grow <laughs> right but they're realizing there's a market there but they, there's other industries that aren't doing that, and they're gonna realize that they've missed opportunities. And financially, I think that might be um, a deficit for them if they don't uh, seek out those opportunities. And then I would also say, um, you know, going, I love Viola Davis, but going back to a quote <laughs> from Viola Davis, it was uh, one of her uh, famous, famous acceptance speeches for how to, how to get away with murder, uh, 2015 Emmys. Uh, she says the only difference between um, mm -hmm. women of, the only difference between, I can't remember, oh, I, ha I have it here. The only difference, um, the only thing that separates women of color from anyone else is opportunity. And as we talk about women and women in action films, I created my own list on IMDb <laughs> of like women of color in these things. Mm -hmm. And it was sadly not the lo as long of a list as I thought. Um, and so it's not even just women, women of color in action films, but women of color in films in general, right? And so we want to have this push towards uh, in this particular genre, but it's got to be across the board, right? Oh, yeah. And so we're having this revolutionary things, you know, specifically, with, you know, we have Insecure, which is just this average black woman trying to get through her life. Um, and so, you know, having, having that concept of, wow, I never considered that, that was never a thing, right? Um, and it's what, it's 20, what did it come out? 2015, 2016? Mm -hmm. um, and so we have been waiting, right? box office over a billion dollars I think it made over a billion Black Panther made over a billion dollars it hadn't even been a month it had been like 27 days and worldwide they had made over a billion dollars so what do you think was gonna happen right <laughs> when you come out with the first black superhero film right you're gonna have this massive people are gonna go see it three four five times yep, right? right you're gonna and then you know movements that were sparked <laughs> from this film right the, the hashtag Black Panther challenge yeah. where you've got uh, young uh, youth of color, like they're fundraising um, to bring, you know, send these these uh, young boys and girls to go see this film. Mm -hmm. How impactful is that, right? We have been waiting, so it's not that, you know, will they make it? It's whether or not if they don't, 
<laughs> that's their loss, right? And unfortunately, it's our, all of our losses too if they don't because, you know, media is very concentrated. Mm -hmm. We talk about uh, this a lot, right, in uh, our communication classes. Um, so uh, making sure that all the markets are being utilized and sought out. I definitely agree, and along with all of those markets being sought out, it's it's really important to realize the the financial successes that we have seen recently, in including diversity and, yeah. and involving women and people of color into these films, and and I'm really excited to see where it continues to go, and and I hope that you know we continue to see these empowering female action heroes and and diverse empowering yeah and the diversity and I love heroes. you know that you mentioned Viola Davis I love how to get away with murder <laughs> and part of what I love is that you have you know you have the age diversity too and then again I go back to this idea of she messes up a lot of times but then she does all these amazing things right, right? so I would like to see that more of diversity different color, the international superhero, right? The one that maybe goes and immigrates to the US, the Hispanic superhero, oh, the yeah. black superhero, the female blonde superhero, like all these different types of diversity. That's kind of much feel. You wanna open it up? At this time, we're going to open up to our audience about some questions involving, um, you know, everything that we've talked about from who who are you empowered by, um, what is empowering to you, um, some favorite female action heroes. Okay, hi, my name is Rachel. Um, I'm a student here, so I just have a question. Um, we see a lot in like Disney movies. There's always the Disney princess, you know, the Disney yes. princess, but she always needs to get saved. She's never good enough to do it on her own. Um, but we're seeing a shift towards like Frozen and Moana, how the female characters are becoming stronger. Do you think that's something that's going to be continuing to be seen in Disney movies? Yes, hopefully. Um, I, I definitely do like the direction that we're going. Thank you for your question. Um, I, I do think that it's important to realize that Disney is a very large corporation. They have a very large impact on all media, not just children's media. And, and I hope that Disney continues to embrace this change that we have in our society. Um, and, and they have started, uh, one of my favorite films is Frozen, just because that is a female character. She is kind of a, a female action hero in a sense, because she's, she's totally. doing big things and, and she doesn't need a man to do it. No, and I, I really loved Frozen too. And I, I love the twists in the story like you think it's going one way and you're like man really again and then it completely shifts like i love that and i think to to selena's point if they do their research well into you know the millennials and the the audiences that they have now in theory they should this should be a trend that continues to grow and grow um and then i think and i may be wrong so brian correct me but i think disney is now related to marvel right so there you go. I mean, they just proved again that Black Panther made a lot of money and it's successful. People want that. So I hope they're retelling the stories or the new Disney princesses completely change. Because you had, who was that? Brave. You had Brave before Frozen 2. And she was pretty interesting. And then Coco. I mean, not necessarily superhero, but. Yeah, I would say, was it, I would. Is it Moana? Maybe that's the first Moana, where uh, yes. the Disney princess did not have a love interest. Right. It was not based on love. Frozen, uh, yes, uh, one of the characters, but I know that the other character, 
yes, they were kind of like, you need to get married. <laughs> you need to get married, you know? <clears throat> but you she learned her lesson. Right. She, she did. She did. She, she kind of learned the heart. She had this <laughs> idealistic. And I think that was, that was like the point, which is like, I think Disney was kind of making fun of itself in that she grew up in this concept of, oh, I'm just going to get married and everything's going to be great. Right. And then, nope. <laughs> like, uh, reality, no. Um, but I, I would say Moana was super empowering. Oh, so good. The music was fabulous. Um, and I would say, yeah, I think Disney's making that shift. Uh, no doubt Disney has had issues in the yeah. past <laughs> with its portrayal of women, with its portrayal of people of color, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm talking specifically about animation, where we're only animals. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that shift is, I think it's there. Like I said, the market is there. And so when you have the youngest of our generations, predominantly people of color, you have to go to that market. And if you're talking about children, if you're talking about whoever you're specifically marketing to, and obviously with Disney's um, acquisition of uh, Marvel, you know, they are shifting towards that older adult mm -hmm. uh, superhero kind of franchise where you have these, uh, you know, fantasy sci-fi characters as mm -hmm. well. Um, the market is there. Will they utilize it? If they're smart, which I think Disney is, I don't think they would be where they are today if they weren't. So I think they will definitely capitalize on what can be capitalized. <laughs> I definitely agree. And I, I, one more thing to add about that is it's important to look at who's mirroring who. Uh, is media mirroring society? <laughs> is society mirroring you know, media? Or is it an ever-evolving circle? And how do we change that? Any more questions? Okay, we'll go ahead and call it there. Uh, thank you everybody for coming out. Uh, for those of you who were here anyway, thank you also for being here. Uh, this has been an episode of Series One. I want to thank, of course, the folks on the panel here. We have Dr. Iwana Komen, so a round of applause. Woo, thank you. Uh, we want to thank Anna Katner. <laughs> and Selena Deer. Also thanks uh, to um, all the folks who helped make this possible. Uh, we got Mike Schmidt, uh, who helped us uh, on the technical end. Uh, Helene Rosner, also helping on the technical end. Um, yes. They're not here, but they appreciate it in spirit. Um, and of course, thanks to Stitcher for getting us on there. Thanks uh, to Kate and everybody at Phoenix Studios for helping to produce the show. Uh, and that's all. Thank you all for coming out for this very special episode of Serious Fun. We'll be back next week with a discussion of uh, body image in popular culture, from music to film to whatever else. Uh, we got some posters up here if you want a poster to kind of like uh, see what else is coming up. Uh, we're going to be doing two more of these uh, Thursday from 6 to 7. So, up to see more of you out there. Tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, everybody's welcome. So, uh, thank you all again for coming, and this has been Serious Fun. to a Phoenix Studio production, the podcast network for the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. For more podcasts, visit uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts.